morning and welcome to this Asia Gaming Brief podcast series. Today I'm going to be talking with Gary Bowerman, who is the director of Check in Asia, which is a tourism-focused content, marketing and trends research company. We're going to be looking at the reopening of tourism markets across the region and what the likely challenges will be moving forward. Thanks for joining us today again, Gary. Um, Seems like borders are finally reopening around Asia. I know at the moment you're in Penang. Um, What are you seeing down there at the moment? Yeah, hi, Sharon. It's great to be back and great to be talking to you again. Yeah, I'm in Penang in Malaysia, northern Malaysia, for a couple of days. Uh, It's one of the biggest tourism attractions uh, here in the country. We're waiting for borders to reopen in two weeks' time on the 1st of April. I've been speaking to a few hoteliers here. Obviously, there's anticipation, there's hope. It's been two long years of border closures. They've had to rely only on domestic tourists, which tends to be mostly at weekends and and public holidays. Everybody is hopeful, but I think everybody realizes it's going to be, it's going to take time. Everybody's saying they're getting forward bookings, but they're not really too sure yet about volumes and when those uh, tourists are actually going to come back. It seems a lot of the hotels here at the moment are starting to discount quite heavily to attract people back. Um, and they're allowing people to forward book up until the end of the year. So um, there's, there's a, you know, as, as you know, Sharon, at the moment, there's a lot of different variables in, in this reopening. But the fact the borders are reopening here in Malaysia is, is positive. Uh, and so we're all quite hopeful. Have they had to introduce um, better cancellation policies, for example, to give people confidence that they can book and cancel again should the borders close or... I think that's a, that's that's a big worry for everybody is, you know, what happens if we go back into another variant and then, you know, here in Southeast Asia, we have seen over recent months, just before Christmas was a good example that everybody pulled back from tourism again, the momentum that was happening. So yeah, hotels are having to prepare for that. They are offering, as I said, good discounted deals to try and get people to book uh, and they're allowing them to rebook again should, you know, should anything happen. But fingers crossed, Sharon, we don't have to, we don't have to cross that bridge. Let's hope so. Where do you see the most potential for tourism this year? In terms of Malaysia or in terms of the region? In terms of the region. I think, quite honestly, that the two leaders in the region will be Thailand and will be Bali in terms of leisure tourism. Uh, you know, it, it already seems that the, Thailand has been open longer than most, most countries. Uh, and it's started, its program is up and running. Still some bureaucratic problems, also the same in Bali, but you know, those are two kind of magnet destinations. I think Vietnam has a great chance of, of getting people back. It, it seems quite popular in terms of these global sentiment surveys that people do want to travel and book to Vietnam and the Philippines also. And I think there's gonna be a huge competition between the different destinations to try and attract tourists. Uh, and it really will depend on how the airlines are able to rebuild those frequencies to get people traveling. So you said um, Thailand's been open for a little while now. Um, what kind of level of tourism are they seeing in terms of pent up demand? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of hard to tell, particularly with Thailand. The big problem is that the Chinese market that, that applies all of Southeast Asia, the Chinese market is not traveling at the moment. And that's such an important market for Thailand. Also for Thailand in the first two or three months of this year, had a lot of uh, Russian visitors. Uh, that's that's proved very very difficult in the last week or two for them a to be able to pay their bills and also to be able to get home again uh, R- russian airlines aren't going to be flying into thailand again anytime soon so there's a big there's a big problem there so there is some demand but i think the whole region really is looking at the second half of the year for a proper rebound um, but how that's actually going to take shape and which are going to be the key markets we're still kind of waiting to see you know some of the big markets for the region like japan and korea we're still waiting to see what will happen with those. 
intra-regional demand here in Southeast Asia still a little bit uncertain, hard to tell. So everybody's hopeful, everybody's optimistic, but actually predicting the patterns, it's quite tricky. So let's go back to that China theme. Um, obviously, the situation's gone from bad to worse in Hong Kong and China recently. Um, have you any visibility at all on when China may ease its policies? Not really. I mean, when you speak to people in, in China, if you go back two or three weeks ago, before this current uh, wave, which looks to be spreading nationwide, but if you go back before that, you know, there were a few rumors in the region that uh, the Civil Aviation Authority in China was reaching out to a few of the airlines, perhaps that they will be able to increase their flights in the second half of the year. But it looks like that's all going to be put on hold right now. And I don't think anytime soon. I don't think anybody in the region right now is expecting Chinese tourists to come back perhaps this year. And I think that's a shame because I think it, perhaps two or three months ago, there was maybe just, just a kind of glimpse that it might happen, but it, it's looking pretty forlorn at the moment. So in the absence of Chinese tourists, what are um, tourist industries and governments around Asia doing to fill in that hole? Have, have they taken proactive steps to actually do something there? Yeah, they are. I think, well, with, without the Russian market as well, I think a, a huge focus is going to be the Indian market. I think, you know, everybody's marketing quite hard into India. They're trying to get the airlines to get more frequencies, not just from the, the metro cities, but from the second tier cities as well. You know, that's going to take a little bit of time. Uh, countries are also, Thailand is a good example. They're doing a road show, I think in May, they're going to Australia, they're going to Saudi Arabia, and they're going to Israel. So really tapping those markets that they see a bit of opportunity, but perhaps weren't their key markets beforehand. But you know, the whole region of Southeast Asia really needs to generate intra-regional travel. It's still quite difficult to travel between countries. Um, but ASEAN countries are so important to each other. The problem really, the way governments are looking at it at the moment is that they tend to see themselves as in competition with each other. And that's competition for inbound travel for sure. But the outbound travel from their countries will help each other as well. So we just need that to level out and, and, and the dust to settle a little bit. I think it's going to take time. Okay. And we've obviously got the other major, major um, event at the moment. We just mentioned the Russians. Um, stranded in Thailand, but obviously the economic turmoil that this war is causing, the effect on um, gasoline prices, how is that going to feed through into the travel market? Well, if you go back a week ago, everybody was in panic stations. You know, jet fuel prices were going up very, very high, very, very fast. And even if you look compared to a year ago, jet fuel prices are really, really high. Last, there was a bit of respite this week. You know, the OPEC nations have suggested they might inject some more supply of oil. Uh, so that has seen the, the fuel prices go down a little bit. Also, there looks as though there'll be less demand in China because of the lockdowns. Um, but as we move towards the summer months, demand for oil, demand for gasoline, demand for jet fuel is going to increase again. And so a lot of people are suggesting that perhaps the, the prices are going to go back up again in the summer. So it won't just be the prices, it'll be the scarcity. And as you said, Sharon, that has a knock-on effect in terms of cargo, in terms of food prices, in terms of inflation. So Perhaps the OPEC nations have kind of staved that off for the moment, but for the airlines, it's going to be pretty hard for them to plan um, months ahead, simply because we don't know, and we don't know how long the war is going to go on for. Everybody is hoping for a brokered peace, and that would actually you know, help the, the global economy. But at the moment, that's, that's looking again that that will take time. 
Indeed, it does. Um, I'm, I'm just going to take another step back again um, and bring in the gaming element of all of this. Um, obviously, we've got no Chinese. Um, do you see some of these big integrated resorts that were targeting the Chinese gambling sector? Where can they get their clients from? Yeah, it's a really, really good question. I mean, you know, the, the Chinese market was so important to those. I mean, you know, you know, the sector is better than me, Sharon. Some some countries have been trying different pilot projects, but but really, um, the size and the scale of these operations means that they really do need sustained uh, inbound visitors. I guess if you look at Singapore, you know, perhaps the the, the resorts there will be looking at the the mice market. Perhaps they can rebuild some of that element to their business. But in terms of the actual gaming, I, I think it's going to be relatively flat for a while. Okay. Thank you very much, Gary. That's great. Thanks, Sharon. Anything else to add that we haven't covered? I don't know. No, I think I would say that at the moment there is optimism, there is hope, but that there is realism as well. Particularly, you know, two years to, to rebound after two years is going to take everybody time. The whole infrastructures, destinations, destination boards, governments. There's so much to think about. But the one positive is that Southeast Asia is starting to reopen. And I think everybody now feels that it, although it's going to take time to rebound, actually the work can begin now. They can actually start trying to attract travelers, can look at some of these different markets like Australia, the Middle East, Israel, look at their own neighboring markets as well. So there is work that can be done. And that I think we have to take as positive. Thank you for joining us today. You've been listening to Asia Gaming Briefs podcast with Gary Bowerman, who is the director of Check-In Asia.